0: recorded live.
1: Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 138 was recorded live November 15, 2012. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jolson, and here's just a few of the articles we're going to have this week. We have submarine vets call for investigation, uh, uh, Lake Mead accident reviewed, and we have a oh, oh the rescue found that that's a tricky one there. We'll have to cover that one as well before we get started. I'd like to welcome our co-host this week. We have Mac, the dive mentor. How you doing today, Mac? Hello, Mac.
0: Well, I think I heard part of that, but I'm glad to be here. <laughs>
1: And we also have Jim with us today. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm
2: just fine. Glad to be
1: here. Excellent. So we've got quite a bit of news. We didn't go. This is the uh, week of DEMA, and none of us went. Uh, It is in Vegas. Why is it in Vegas? I don't consider Vegas to be much of a diving town. I mean, you you figure there has to be. I mean, I'd like for DEMA to be huge, but I don't believe it is seems like you could just as well do something in Los Angeles or, I mean, they've done Orlando every other year, New Orleans, you know, even East Coast, West Coast, heck, Chicago. But for some reason, they picked a spot in the middle of the desert.
0: I'm not sure it'd be middle of the desert. I mean, i like to go to Vegas.
1: Yeah, maybe it's just because it's, a, I don't call it tourism capital, but uh, what do they call that? Whatever demon is one of them things
2: might have something to do with the attractions near Vegas.
1: Oh, oh, you, you mean the downtown street and there are people who fly their wares in the corner? Well, you know how divers are. Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm censoring myself as I think about it. There's like every two or three things I think of, I can't say so. <laughs> well that's that's it. That's it.
2: That's it.
1: So what we'll do is we're gonna jump right on into the news. The first article that we have up is uh and I love this acronym, WDFD, which is Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, is considering a ban on hunting octopus off Seattle Beach. Uh, the director of the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife today announced plans to explore regulatory options for banning the harvesting of the giant Pacific octopus off a popular Seattle beach and possibly elsewhere in the Puget Sound. He said the department will consider new rules to preserve the population of giant Pacific octopus at Seacrest Park, where a 19-year-old scuba diver provoked public outcry after illegally harvesting one of the animals last week. Uh, Under state rules, divers can harvest one giant Pacific octopus per day in most areas of the Sound, the harvest of this animal has resulted in a strong negative reaction for the public and the dive community, Anderson said. We believe the area may merit some restrictions to enhance the traditional uses of this popular beach. Anderson announced the department's plans to the start of the two-day public uh, meeting of the De- Washington Fish and Wildlife Commission, a nine-member governing body that has final authority over most new fishing rules. With nearly two dozen scuba divers in attendance, Anderson outlined several possible options to preserve Uh, Octopus ranging from a designated Seacrest Park as a marine protected area to prohibiting hunting the animals anywhere in the state. That doesn't seem a little little extreme?
0: If they were hungry, they'd change their minds.
1: Yeah.
2: To go from a one a day per diver to none totally is quite a change.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: if they... They should stop fishing off the coast like that, too. Well, exactly. The whole state area, no fishing period that will give all these wonderful whales and everything a place to go and be safe.
1: <laughs> do I detect a little sarcasm there?
0: Well, a little. They would,
2: <laughs> they would need to put signs up. That way the whales would know they could come into safe waters.
1: Yeah. Well, they're going to have to do pictures because the are trying the some of the fish. <laughs> things get, out.
0: get those 5,000 people who want that. They can go out there in little boats and hail the, the animals this way.
1: It seems like you could create a few reserves. I'm, I'm a big believer in the reserves of having safe spots where there aren't any harvesting. Uh, but you do have to manage. You know, If it was a problem, they would have had the quota less than one per day. That's just telling you that there isn't a big demand for it, that there hasn't been a lot of people either fishing or that there's so many out there that taking one a day hasn't been affecting the population.
0: Right. Or the smarter thing is, is when you bring one up, you don't show it around the town. You take it home and eat it. Yeah. yeah. in a black yeah. bag. Yeah. That way, if you put it in a pla- you know, a black plastic bag and you come up and it's full, are, it's all this trash I'm finding out there.
1: Yeah. Well, That's what he showed us Well, and I, nobody expected as big a deal out of it as what ended up happening. So we'll we'll see, but you notice how the politicians jumped right on it, and they're going to make a big deal out of it.
0: Well, sure, you got to get a little bit of uh, publicity for yourself. You probably got to so think.
1: They, okay, so here's the uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife. Do you think any other time they've had more than one or two people in attendance at a meeting? And he, and here they had what? Uh, how many scuba divers did they have?
0: You just you to have, thought you'd have had commercial fishermen at those more than anything else.
1: Yeah.
2: If they were taking a lot of octopus, there'd be a tax on it, or a <laughs> permit fee, or a license. Yeah. There's no right. way any they, state's going to pass up uh, the opportunity to get money for something people do. Very.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of governments, we have the Maryville Council, uh, along with. Uh, some redistricting, which would be on our other program we talked about that. They did grant approval for the Aquatic Center in the former Saturn car dealership on US-30. Uh, they said it's uh, getting closer to being removed. The special exemption by the council has been granted. Uh, the business plans in having a fitness center, an in-ground pool, with 14-foot diving well for scuba diving and swimming lessons. A scuba retail store and storage unit would also be located in the back of the facility. Uh, we covered this a few weeks ago. If you remember... Doug Gossage, who also owns Goose's Scuba and Dryer, said he would open the fitness center in mid-January.
0: Well, it sounds like it's going to go through, which is good.
1: Yeah. Well, I just couldn't figure out what what you had to rezone. But what what level of zoning do they have where a car, a, a dive center can't fit into a spot where it's approved to have a car dealership?
0: Yeah. When you had all the byproducts of petroleum, loops, things like that, and spillage, one would think the uh, Pool would be a, a lot different.
1: Yeah, I, I just think that uh, Maryville has rules in place that you can't do anything without <clears throat> their permission. You know, a few benjamins. I'm
0: sure money doesn't go onto the board or anything to help people realize what they want to vote for. Yeah, you can,
1: uh, you can get a little bit in there. Just slide them a few.
0: That's Chicago type stuff, isn't it?
1: Yeah, oh, they're right there. It I mean, you're, it you're, is,
0: uh, Illinois, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you're stones uh, Maryville, Indiana, but you're a stones throw from. Illinois right there. Might as well be Chicago. <laughs> I, I've worked in Merrillville a few times. Uh, two uh, National Park <coughs> service divers were injured uh, in Lake Mead after a diving accident. The accident occurred at 120 feet beneath the surface, and that was this last Sunday. Uh, Christy Vanover, spokesman for Lake Mead National Recreationary said the man and woman from the Park Service's Denver-based Submerged Resources Center were on a training dive in the Lake's Boulder Basin when something appeared to go wrong with the man's equipment. The two made an emergency ascent to the surface where the man had to be res- resuscitated before being taken to the hospital uh, by helicopter. He was released from the hospital on Friday. The woman was taken to uh, UNC after the accident was released later the same day. Um, the two were training to assist with a camera crew that was granted permit for an upcoming shoot at the uh, deep water resting place of the B-29 bomber, which crashed and sank in Lake's Overton arm in 1948. Uh, Vancouver said the first sign of trouble was that the air bubbles in the water near one of the divers, both were using closed-circuit rebreathers, so they weren't expecting to see any bubbles.
0: I just sent you a link over to that Mm -hmm. if you want to see a picture of the nose damage on that B-29. Uh huh. So I thought that might be interested, gives you a little more feedback on what
1: it looks like. Yeah, I would love to see that B-29. Now, wasn't that the one that had that special, uh, didn't have some equipment they were doing on, uh I'm trying to remember my name. Well, you know like a
0: was a B-29. That's the one that dropped the nuclear weapon on Hiroshima and Nagasaki.
1: But I think there was one of these that had some sort of uh, experimental equipment on it.
0: Well, the one that they were talking about, here was involved in a project yeah. called the Sun Tracker. Is it a yeah, top secret instrument called the Sun Tracker?
1: Yes, that's the one I was thinking of.
0: Yeah, Cosmic Ray Research? Yep. That's it, baby. It's sort of funny, though, you're talking about this one today. There was a, uh, the only flying B 29 still in existence is now down for repair, and they're trying to get some money for it. it lost an engine on a flight a couple of months ago that's the only one left, so maybe they could salvage the engine off of this one.
1: <laughs> Might be
0: able to do something with it.
1: There you go.
2: Interesting those the divers were diving dry, or I'm sorry, diving uh,
1: closed circuit. Yes. Yeah, they're diving closed circuit, so they weren't ex- exactly novices, or at least I'd hope not.
0: And I would have thought they'd had their bailout bottles, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bubbles. Well, I'm guessing that because they saw bubbles that they had to go from... Uh, uh, close the open loop. But yeah, you would think if they were practicing for a deep dive, they would have had a bailout.
0: I understand they were at 120 feet. Mm -hmm. Well, that's
1: where it was at, but I don't think they made it, they were down that deep from Ah. reading the article. They were preparing for that dive, I think. Or is it the wreck? There was something about it. They weren't at the the maximum depth.
0: Okay, because they said it sank here. I'm looking at the stats on it. 170 feet of water.
1: Yeah, so they were at 120 feet then. Well, you would think if they were at if they're going to 170, they definitely should have had bailout.
0: Yeah, I was just saying, I, I, I'm curious how much it's, uh, what kind of shape it's in. It says, when the plane hit, three of the four engines were tore off, and the engine skipped like a stone for more than a quarter of a mile. Wow. All the men got into the life raft before it sank. Interesting.
1: I think uh, the, I saw a program on TV, and uh, at least one of the gentlemen was still alive and was talking about it.
0: So to at least collectors be tempted to do something foolish, it should be noted that all new artifacts from the wreck are now in safekeeping in the parks museum. Well, wait
1: a minute, they the parks museum took them off.
0: So yeah, National Mead National Recreation, Recreational Park.
1: Okay.
2: Doesn't say they took them off, just that they uh, now have them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. They got fourteen thousand dollars a grant to go do pictures and take uh, get parts of that. And that was prior to two thousand two. And they're trying to do a three D underwater footage from the site using technology now, so they can put it so people can look at it as it is today.
1: Yeah. Well, they're uh, part of what's going on here is that they were getting ready for a filming crew coming in. They they must be the ones who have to watch to make sure the filming crew doesn't do anything wrong. Next up, we have seismic tests off Diablo Cannon could harm divers. Uh, Two stretches of beach are going to be subject to uh, noise levels that are potentially harmful to humans. Uh, Currently, the energy company PG&E is is requesting to uh, do the surveys. And a high-energy offshore survey later this month, the stretch of coastline uh, north of Diablo Canyon, Canyon nuclear plant at the tip of Oro Bay uh, would receive between 154 and 160 decibels of sound, enough to cause harm to people who are submerged in the water for periods of 15 minutes or longer. In an effort to reduce human exposure, uh, the nuclear plant plans to be posting warning signs at the affected uh, beach parking lots, trailheads, and ocean access points containing information expected duration of the surveys and levels of possible exposure. They said uh, naturally occurring noise levels of the beach zones reach approximately 145 decibels.
0: Where is this at again?
1: Uh, It says this is the Diablo Canyon.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm going on the same place you did, or and I'm I'm winding up in New Guinea. New Guinea. Yeah.
1: This is, this is New Guinea. I'll picture I'm New Guinea. I'm curious
0: what somebody else came up with when they went to that link.
1: No, this is, here, let me paste it back to you. Uh, did you not get the article or?
0: Yeah, it's, it's mindweb.com.
1: Mine No.
0: All right, right, I see that one. Okay, now I got the right one. The Tribune. Yeah. <clears throat> but the one that we had posted is not this
1: one. What, did I do it again? Let me see.
0: No, this, this is the right one here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Divemistress back on the other one is saying that maybe they bailed uh, out to open circuit.
0: Oh, possible.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, what kind of surveying are they doing, Mac, that they would have to...
0: Seismic? Yeah. Just like you make an explosion, that's one way, and you do the, the rebound, and that'll help tell you consistency of the bottom. That's the one I'm familiar with,
1: but they're gonna do it like every fifteen seconds for six weeks.
0: Wow, well, the only other one I know is where they've used sound to keep out certain fish like alliotes, but that's not near this frequency or this that many decibels no when I, when at
1: first, when I read the article, that's what I thought they were doing some sort of um, way of keeping you know something that was clogging their intakes, but this is just to uh, do some measurements, so I was surprised at how long it was going to go, and they're hoping to go longer if they get the permit. Uh, I just wonder
0: of... what the frequency is. It tells me the dB, but I want what frequency at the top.
1: Yeah, that's probably top secret. They can bombard you with a frequency that you just can't tell you what it is.
0: <laughs> huh. Well, that's, what, 155? Yeah,
1: that's, that's louder than I want to be in.
0: Well, 154 dB compression will burst a child's balloon. So if that's your lungs underwater accented maybe that's what they meant about could really screw you up.
1: Well they were saying that anybody in the water for more underwater for more than 15 minutes so it must be that it you know it's going to carry quite well underwater as sound frequently does. Well we
0: know it's much better underwater but you figure 135 on the surface is like a, a very loud streetcar stereo bass mm-hmm. only. 140 is threshold of pain all frequencies 140 DB is hearing protection required if unless you want long-term damage um, nausea is felt at 141 yeah. 105 blurred vision due to your eyeball vibrating 149 human lungs and breathing begins vibrating to the sound yeah. that's why they're using the. New, have you seen these new um, they use them in crowd control and the sonic cannons
1: yeah, yeah absolutely. that's what
0: this one here is and that's at 149. 150 is a sensation of being pressed as if underwater. 152 is painful in the joints. 153, throat vibrates so hard you can't swallow. Oh, no, that doesn't sound like a cool thing to do, does it?
1: No. No. Well, I don't want to be right next to it, but I understand that. They're saying just 15 minutes in the proximity underwater is going wow. to cause problems.
0: Well, 180 dB is one pound of TNT exploding 15K you on the surface. <laughs>
2: Well, I've never experienced that, but it sounds like it's
1: probably pretty loud. Yeah, it's one, yeah, it one, sure of those, one of those things I probably want to avoid.
2: I know how loud just a few ounces of powder is uh, when it's exploding the barrel of a
1: gun. Yes, very true.
0: I got one more trivia, and I'll, I'll leave it alone for a second. Okay. 213 dB Sonic Boom generates 1.2 gigawatts power equivalent. Now we know
1: how to power that car. Just make noise really loud. Turn up the stereo. Yes. Well, the next article we have is Reef Fish Proposal would Outlaw Scuba Spearfishing. This one is Kalua Kona, Hawaii. The proposal is being put before the public to create a uh, replacement area that would make West Hawaii the only area in the state to ban scuba spearfishing. The idea is to provide increased protection for rare spe- fish species in the designated fish replacement area. According to Tuesday's Hawaii West Today, a list of 140 species on a so-called white list would be designate the as a fish aquarium. God, what an ugly sentence that was. They said the idea is reduce the threat to rare fish species as well as the ones that could be overfished and not sustainable for home aquarium. Hm.
0: Lots and lots.
1: Oh, I hate that when they have ads in the middle. I thought the article was over. Um... Dive operators make a big deal about some of these species because they're unusual, rare, and just so beautiful uh, that they will take uh, patrons over and over to take a look in the caves. If the fish is snagged, it blows the whole operation. The list is just one of the several new proposals to be added to the West Hawaii Regional Fishery Management Area. Rule proposal would establish a 1,500 foot section of the bay as a fish replenishment area, an area that would be no scuba spear fishing and no taking of nine sharks and ray species and two invertebrates. An aquarium collector's permit would be required. So, this is, sounds like that people are not only spearfishing but uh, uh, collecting fish just for their aquarium. Yeah, I
0: wonder who's going to police this.
1: Yeah, well, it doesn't sound like it's that big an area. It's all, it almost reminds me of Seattle Beach, only 1,500 feet of uh, uh, oceanfront.
0: Well, according to today's Hawaii, a list of 40 species, blah, 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 said may remove within the West Hawaii Regional Fish Management Area, 147 miles. Between Pola and South Points?
1: Oh, hmm. so that's that's different than than what they're saying here.
0: Uh, that's the same article. I was up near the top of it.
1: Oh, well, what they're what they're talking about there is they're saying collectors may remove within an area that spans 147 miles.
0: But they could go ahead and spearfish there. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the what they're proposing is to establish a 1,500 foot section as a fish replenishment replenishment area.
0: Okay. It sure does have a lot of ads in the middle of it, doesn't it?
1: It does. It makes it hard to follow.
0: I did enjoy the one though.
1: Was it a good one?
0: Online nitrox classes or lessons. Flute certification card. No dives required, but encouraged. <laughs> huh. Did you see
1: that one? Yep.
0: That's yep. one of the pop-ups
1: I got. No, I, I, I didn't get anything that that fancy. And then we have Richard Branson swimming with U.S. war vets to promote shark cons- conservation. Uh, they said he may display all this, the traits of a predator when it comes to business entrepreneurship, but he loves his sharks. Uh, he dove with war veterans, some of whom were badly injured. They went to the seabed off the Bahamas. He stopped, stepped up his efforts promoting conservation endangered tiger sharks. Um, they said at the ocean's bed, uh, Branson and three severely injured American soldiers uh, posed next to a, next to a 14-foot tiger shark named Emma. He says he hopes to inspire people to protect the oceans and enlist the help of American war heroes.
0: I think I'd have called him Big Bertha, not Emma.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. They show, they they say he's down there, but they don't show a single photo of Richard Branson. In fact, they even have a photo where they say he's in here somewhere. We don't know which one is him. Yeah. Does he have a stunt double?
0: I don't know. I know he's concerned with environmental issues.
1: Yeah. Well, plus he's got that island where uh, you can go and. What was it like? Uh, Seventeen thousand dollars a day. Oh, really? Yeah, he's got a private island. That's the one where they he has his uh, underwater submarine that you can tool around in. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So it's it's a hard life. But somebody's got to do it. And then if you uh, can't quite get in the water, here's a here's a game that's coming out. Cascade Game Foundry uh, has dives with their first product, Infinite Scuba. It's an underwater simulation experience that allows users to explore world-famous dive locations. A Seattle-based development studio announced the first product and portfolio of simulation games. Infinite Scuba enables players of all age to explore the beauty and masteries and serenity of scuba diving and breathtaking uh, recreated dive sites around the world. In the initial release of downloadable game, the players explore Chuck Lagoon. Let's see, where else are they going besides that?
0: You know, I think I'd rather spend my money and do it as opposed to pretend I did it.
1: Well, uh, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to be there as much as I do love a good video game. I haven't really enjoyed too many of the ones. I've got a couple on scuba diving, but they're eh, not much. Now, if it can get people interested in diving. But the real thing is so much better.
0: I think you'll get them interested in diving as much as you will by playing Halo 3. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think most people will want to play like one of those war games and shoot them up and really go out and do it. I think they're going to find out it's a lot more comfortable to play this kind of game at home as opposed to freezing your butt off in the ice up in the Antarctic diving.
1: Are you calling the game players a little lazy, I take it?
0: I'm just wondering if they. It's like, no. They said the kids are getting overweight and stuff because what do they do they don't play outside they don't have social interface we get on a computer and they chat
2: mm-hmm. yeah but they the or, or if you got a girlfriend around.
0: boyfriend and you text <laughs> them and you're upstairs and he's in the basement so you text each other <laughs> you know I mean, why it, it's funny it's like the same thing for uh, flying an airplane now you the simulators are wonderful they're fun but it ain't the same of flying from point a to point b no of course it is cheaper and you can't kill yourself. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say it's a lot more forgiving on a simulator. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you can die a lot of times. I don't know
2: how many times. I don't know how many times I crashed on this More
0: than a few.
1: Wow, who's, somebody folding paper? Uh, next up, we have Patty launches dive and win contest online campaign encourages consumers to dive into the new year. Uh, let's see, hey, get we past, can do that. yeah, get past all the propaganda. I want to find out what the contest is. Uh, the dive and win contest is a campaign that encourages people to jumpstart their 2013 adventures by obtaining an open water diver or scuba diver certificate. Uh, consumers that register for the contest and share what inspired them to become a diver, will be entered for a chance to win a week-long dive trip on the Aggressor Fleet Live Aboard in Turk and Caicos Island. Uh, people eager for a new full year of adventure can start their certifications. I don't know. Is this really going to bring people in to do diving? It
0: might. It might. They also get a free da- uh, hat. They get a free. That's pre- actually from November the 1st through January 31st, 2013. So I think they're looking at us from now till Christmas to, J- to the end of January.
1: So hopefully dive shops out there are following along and they'll be able to promote it somehow. Well, I wish
0: that link just to take a look at it. Nice boat, the Aggressive Fleet.
1: Yeah, there's also a a uh, contest for people who are already divers. Uh, it'll be open to PADI certified divers who have a chance to win a GoPro Hero 3 Silver Edition camera, an Apple iPad 2, and a trip on the liveaboard. So, let's see, do they have, where do they say the registration is? Well, that's a bad link there. We'll put it in the show notes, but uh, you can also go to www.patty.com. Now, it would be cool if somebody from the show who listened to the show won something. So, it's certainly, I mean, what do you have to lose? If you're already a diver, go there and certify. They say, Patty memberships issue nearly one million certifications worldwide each year. There must be. we can
2: get our, our resident uh, instructor, Mr. Dave, to uh, get one of his students to win it.
1: There you go. We know Dave's listening. I don't. I don't he's not in the chat room, but uh, he's uh, screaming on the phone. He just, he just showed up. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to. You need to get everybody to register. And then one of the last articles we have in the news portion is we have rescue found, which is just an odd name for a boat. It throws me up. Throw, not throw up. Throws me off.
2: It was an old steamship that was intentionally sunk up in Glen. Uh, lake, Big Glen Lake, Michigan. They've they... been looking for it for a number of years, and Ross Richardson finally found it a week or so
1: ago. Now he only found it a week ago. I couldn't tell when he had found it.
2: Yeah, I believe he found it a week or so ago.
1: Yeah, so uh, too, Ross...
2: He grew up to be out on the Big Lake, so he went out on the Little Lake.
1: Yep, we had him on the show. He had uh, found the Westmoreland. And uh from what I understand is he was tipped off when they were try they were trying to do a recovery dive for a uh, diver who had perished. And in the they didn't find the diver but in the process the uh state drive crew said, Hey, I think we came across something.
2: According to the article, they uh, no sooner started their search with the side scan and had a target.
1: Yeah. Did you well, see right on top of it. Did you see the side scan image? Yes. That's interesting. Mac, why don't we see anything like that?
0: Uh, did they ever say how deep that was? I looked uh, and I didn't see it.
1: 120 feet.
0: 120?
1: Yep. They said the floor was covered with 6 to 12 inches of silt and the top blade of propeller protruded out of the muck. So that's pretty good for being in a lake for, was it, nearly 100 years?
0: Yeah. I like that picture of the canopy with the steam whistle on it. Yeah. That was pretty neat.
1: Pretty impressive. Now, this is a smaller steam. Vessel kind of like uh, what we have in Diamond Lake, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, and the feta out there in uh, Indian Lake.
1: Yeah, so pretty much every small lake had something like this. But uh, I liked at the end all the different uh, reasons over the years why people thought that uh, (laughs) he had sank it. He he never said, he just uh, sank it. There was a photo, black and white photo, and it's in a historical book called Beautiful Glen Arbor and the Rescue. And it shows that slowly sinking the lake, a man nearby in a rowboat, presumably its captain, barely visible in the background, appears to be Alligator Hill. The identity of the photographer and why the person happened to be nearby at the moment in question is unknown, especially given cameras weren't common in 1914. They said, uh, Ralph was, so one of the theories was Ralph was a heavy drinker and his passengers refused to ride with him any longer. Uh, so they said that, uh, Went to abrupt halt. We are known to drink a little hard cider whenever the neighbors came for a visit. They're called Ralph's nephews. Uh, night, another excuse was that the nightmares of drowned children haunted Ralph, so he sank his boat before tragedy could strike. Another is he lost the boat in a card game but didn't want anybody else to ride off in his uh, mahogany-lined craft. Another one was business was bad and frustration of cruising around the lake only to find no one on the dock waiting for him and no need of a lift finally got to Ralph.
2: Well, let's see. If business was bad because nobody wanted to ride with him because they were afraid they were going to be drowning kids because he drank, and he played cards a lot because he drank and no one would ride with him and everyone was out in the boat, maybe it's a combination of all of the above.
1: (laughs) It could be. I I didn't even notice uh, when I first covered this that there's a video, so I'll have to Take a look at the video. I would be
2: willing to bet that alcohol was involved at the time of the sinking. Well,
1: wow, that's pretty impressive that canopy's still there. Yeah.
0: Just shows you how well they built things back then.
2: And what clear cold water can do for
1: you. Yeah, I'm thinking it's I mean, I'm sure it was built well, but I mean what's that canopy made out of?
0: Candace, and I bet I didn't see any zebras on that either, did you?
1: Nope. No swigas.
0: That's interesting. Huh. Very interesting.
1: Very interesting. Very cool. Well, another good one. Congratulations have to go out to him for that find. So did that, you forget uh, about the submarine? Submarine? Did I skip over the submarine? I did, yes, didn't you I? We did. Scorpion. I how would I do that? Well, let's go back to that one. That one that I thought was interesting as well. Paste that one in the chat room. If you're not in the chat room, you're missing out. We got we always uh, give the chat room some head start in some of those. Articles: The submarine vets call for the USS Scorpion investigation. Uh, The USS Scorpion uh, continues to uh, cause controversy. Submarine Veterans Group calls for the new investigation of the unexpected accident that sucked the U.S. nuclear attack sub more than 40 years ago. Oh, what the
0: heck? Yeah, I remember when that one sank.
1: I hate these new websites they've got now. They're just... Next to useless. Okay, here I'm back to it. Uh, The Scorpion went down on May 22, 1968, killing 99 men and foundering 11,220 feet underwater in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. The sub carried two nuclear torpedoes and a nuclear reactor. A Navy Court of Inquiry found that the, uh, found that year, Naval Court of Inquiry found that year that the cause, wow. Some of these authors need to read what they're writing. They never really found the cause. No.
0: That's when they have the conspiracy theories. During that time, we also lost another submarine, and the Russians lost one.
1: Yeah, because was that and the Russians same year we lost the Thrasher? Say again? Was it the Thrasher that we lost?
0: That is correct. Yeah. But then the Russians lost one here by this boat, or in the area of this boat, and they said that they rammed each other, or one shot the other one, and the other one shot the other one. You wow. know, they traded torpedoes.
1: Hmm.
0: So it was an interesting controversy when this went down.
1: Yeah. Well, my the 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 thing on it, May twenty second. That's about two weeks before I was born, and my dad was in the Navy, on submarines at yeah. this point in time. He was on fast attack. So uh, during Thanksgiving, I'll have to bug him about this one. We've well, we've talked about it a the, few times over the years. This was one of the earliest uh,
2: nuclear boats. The Scorpion was one of the early ones. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, my dad eventually got off submarines just because it was dangerous. I mean, it's amazing
2: oh, overall. That back. Scorpion's not a nuke, is it?
1: Yeah, they said it was a nuke.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, nuclear reactor and uh, nuclear uh, uh, torpedoes. God, can you imagine what a nuclear torpedo does?
2: I'll bet it produces more noise than 150 decibels.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet it does. So they had asked the Navy... To grant them permission, the Navy came back with a predictable no. So the organizers are planning a recreational expedition that would be led by wreck Diving Magazine and the Accident Investigation Team of the Marine Forensic and Investigation Group out of Somerville, South Carolina. A few details are still being worked out, but the expedition will go on next year. What do you bet that there's somebody out there before that time (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, they've been out there a long time. I remember looking at the manuals—not the manuals, but the uh, investigation report for that—and looking at the deep submergence pictures.
1: Well, you know Ballard. Now. Well, you know Ballard, who worked for the Navy on many projects, has probably photographed this in high resolution many, many times.
0: Well, I'm trying to find something. If I can get back on that darn thing.
1: But eleven family members of the crew who died in the sub have joined the call for the expedition. I'm trying to remember. Let's see if we can find out why they denied it. It was, I think, it was a excuse of war graves. Yeah, war graves.
0: Well, you're not going to find anything at 11,000 feet. Take a look at the thing I just sent you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is the controversy. It used to be. Did the I don't know what happened. My computer just sent
1: that page yeah. on that USA Today site. That USA Today site is crap. I'm calling. I'm them sorry. Up. What? That USA Today site's crap. You touch uh, anything on it, and it's like ads blow up and then the thing throws you to another article like you really wanted to read it. If you're an advertiser on USA Today, they're liars. You're not actually watch, l- watching half the stuff that the stats show. It's them faking you to get into it. They're another news outlet that's going down the drain. So the USS Scorpion buried at sea. Yeah, yeah My dad talks about some of the stuff they used to do on the sub. And uh, it, it, it could be nerve-wracking. A lot of games of cat and mouse or chicken, depending on which, what your perspective.
0: We're the scorpion pressure hull and all internal compartments collapsed on 0. 0.112 seconds at a depth of 1,530 feet. The energy yield of that event was equal to the explosion of 13,200 13, pounds of TNT. You're not going to find a lot of useful stuff down there.
1: No. no. Well, plus everything's going to be up for speculation. Yeah. But being in international waters, unless they're going to make sure accident happens to you when you're out there looking, you should be able to uh, see it. Yeah. then Looking at that uh, photo of the scorpion, that is an older looking sub, isn't it?
2: If you're interested in uh, old subs and heyday of the uh, Cold War, an excellent book out called *Blind Man's Bluff*. And it's, uh, it's in a lot of detail of uh, wiretapping uh, Soviet telephone communications and uh, chasing subs and all the and you know, some of the very close misses that we had and some of the collisions that occurred. the Glomar explorer got commuted. It was in an attempt to rep lost in
0: Well the Glomar was quite interesting on the one that they brought back up. You know that you know the story on that one, right?
1: No. Yeah, they brought it up and broke it up,
2: broke it apart.
1: Oh, is that the one right, that, Hughes, that Hughes is working on?
0: They recovered yeah. half, yes. They recovered the half of it, and they actually did get some nuclear torpedoes off of it. And they also, what they liked, they enjoyed the books. They're never supposed to take certain manuals on board, but they did anyway. So we recovered those. And there was actually bodies recovered on that one, too, in the front half. It was it was interesting. I've seen pictures of it on a dry dock, and it was quite interesting. And I sent you a little item on the Scorpion. The real, what they really believe happened, and depending on who you want to listen to in the Navy, is it was sunk by a Soviet sub. That's what I sent you. There's oh, okay. a book on that called Down also by Ed Hopefully, You see it? Yeah. Only if you like controversy. Oh, I
1: love all that stuff. I know, I'm just getting sidetracked looking at all these sub photos. I could, I could spend two or three days just on that.
0: I love submarines. They're neat. I like the, the stuff because back in 2008, they believed they had found evidence that the Soviets did sink the Scorpion. It was interesting. Got a trivia question. How many nuclear subs have we lost?
1: Have we lost?
0: Yeah. Meaning,
1: mean can't find them again or sink?
0: I'm not sure. By, by the terminology they were talking about... Uh, Hang on a second, I'll get my little... I am going to say it's up.
1: going to be the, just the two, the Scorpion and the okay, Thrasher. just a
0: total of six nuclear submarines have been lost at sea. The Thrasher and the Scorpion was the U.S. Navy. Right. The Russians have lost four. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Okay, that, yeah, if you, you figure in, that sounds right.
0: Right. The, the, the big one that most people remember is the Squalus in 1939. And when I was in dive school, that's the one we studied, had the videos of what not to do and how to salvage that one because so they brought it up but the buoyancy was off and then it, it sank again so when you look up this aspect about the government you look up submarine rescue teams that'll be the the key item they always use as a training item is the squalus.
2: and what was the last one to go down
0: the scorpion well the Thresher was in 63 scorpion was in 68
2: the soviets also lost one in 68 but they've right. lost one since then haven't they
0: well then they lost one a couple of years ago right offshore when they had to fire and they they didn't want any help yep and then when they finally got into it they they found out there were people had been alive for a while and had yep. they taken the help of other people they might have saved them
2: mhm that's what I was thinking of that wasn't that
1: long ago you
0: no know, it hadn't been that long I can't remember the date for it though
1: wow I'm, I'm looking through a roster in a submarine and this doesn't even seem possible that they've they've only have like 100 people from the time it was launched in the 60s to retired in the 90s. Seems like there would be a lot more on the, on the vessel over time than that.
2: I think so, because you've got two crews, two full crews.
0: Yeah. Uh, when you look at the big map with the Scorpion, uh, the nearest Soviet sub was the K219, and that's when they think sank it. Hmm. They lo- They know. They called theirs the K27. That that failed in 196. Uh, no, that was in 1982. The actually uh, the K8, which was lost in 1970. The K219, 1986, and the K278 which was a Mike class sub uh, sank in 1989.
2: I want to Those find the, the known ones. I want to find the sub in Lake Michigan.
0: Say what?
2: I want to find the World War One sub that's sitting in the bottom of Lake Michigan.
0: The UC ninety seven. That's a mine layer.
1: I bet. I bet with enough effort we could find that one.
0: I've, didn't I send you the pictures of what she looked like down there in the hatch?
1: Yeah. yeah. The one of the hatch. Yeah. Yeah. And the con. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's out there to be found. There's thing is
2: that's, what great things, things you found, but they're not sharing any location, so it's a matter of uh, somebody else finding it. And
0: Well, they're in the money aspect. It's, you know, it's, it's, if you looked at how much the cost to bring it up, the estimate was a little over a million dollars if you used civilians and volunteers because you wouldn't have to do the insurance. I mean, that's a small boat. I don't think you'd have a problem bringing it up.
1: Okay. Well, that that finishes off our section of the news. <laughs> Uh, tangential conversation. Yeah, we, we we beat we beat that one to death. Now now up for some potentially good scuba gear with the lead up to DEMA, there's quite a bit in the news on what was going to be announced. I don't expect we're going to have any surprises from DEMA. This first one is is uh, not necessarily scuba gear, but I thought it was cool anyway. Energy sail harnesses wind and solar powers uh, a ship. So there's a company out there uh, proposing. Building sails out of solar panels, and and then uh, they're able to direct it to help propel the ship. What an idea! (laughs) Sounds like one of two SCO
2: ships from many years ago.
1: It does. Now, was it
2: a sailing vessel that had a uh, tri sail on it? He
1: he did. Uh, This one just does the one better by adding solar panels into the sails, which seems so obvious when you think about it.
0: I can see what a tsunami would do on that. Can you say dead in the water?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't think that's their only form of power. A big
0: storm looks like that would knock those down.
1: Yeah. Still cool though. Just imagine if you could uh, cut the gas costs a little bit. Don't have of... one like. Who had one?
0: I thought the still had one using that newfangled type of sail yeah. with like a big um, egg beater, and it went around, will be really efficient. I can't
1: think so of what it was called sail. to save my life, though. Three-sided it, sail, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to like an airplane wing. It would propel itself by the air moving over the surface. I think he actually did build it, didn't he? Yes. yes.
2: Oh, yeah, they, they ran it. It was out there with Corso for a while.
1: And then next... Boy, this just seems to be a down week. It's like all the topics even seem to be down. This one is underwater prosthetic medical device. <clears throat> oh, come on up. Oh, the Internet is brutally slow. Oh, I didn't probably...
0: see a picture, darn it. I was hoping I'd see one.
1: No, that's, that, that is.
2: No, that's what I was looking for.
1: There's no, no pictures. Yeah, well, this it's gotta one. It's going to be
0: great for, for those who need that type of adaptation.
1: Yeah. Again, yeah, well, it seems to be an attachment that goes down below the knee. says, so we are appointing a point in the project where we'd like to manufacture 50 of them and begin the process of beta testing. The scuba leg is specifically designed to solve a problem that his wife had with her prosthetic options. Uh, we really didn't intend to be a profit by selling the device, and that result is we've created a highly innovative product that delivers features that no other prosthetic device currently provides. Can be retrofitted onto an existing prosthetic leg, giving below-the-knee amputees the option of fitting an existing prosthetic. So it can be it can be switched between walking and swimming and back and forth. So it's sandproof and works just as well in the shower. And then here's here's one Mac this uh, Casio device.
0: You got a picture of that leg, by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah. Hang on, right there. Okay. <laughs> It's uh, the gentleman and his wife showing the leg. It's not a great shot, but you can at least see it. It's worth about $25,000. Well,
1: they're saying that insurance will cover this.
0: Well, the lady in the question on this is an amputee, and she said she'd have to leave her prosthetic leg, which is worth about $25,000, sitting on the beach, as she crawled across the sand towards the water to go diving, hoping it would still be there when she got back. Now, that's what you call a diehard diver.
1: Yeah, that she is diehard. But I think I would encourage boat diving on your own boat.
0: Yeah, that's true. Then you wouldn't have to leave it.
1: Hmm, very cool. And this next one is a Casio device that lets scuba divers converse underwater. Uh, they said this is a way without wearing a full face mask to be able to communicate. Uh, the Casio announced development of a new type of underwater voice communication device that works with plain old eyes and nose only dive masks. How, what's it, What kind of name is this? Logo C's?
2: Yeah, it clips on the mass strap and kind of uses the
1: bone. Yep. Resting against the side of the diver's head uses the bone to conduct the vibrations through the wearer's skull. Microphone is then able to pick up what the diver's saying. They said uh, words are going to be a bit garbled because they have the regulator in a mouth and a blocked nose. The transceiver incorporates. And a digital speech conversation technology, however, is said to make difficult voices uh, sounds are difficult to make with such as the N M, B and p uh, says that transmit the user' speech via ultrasound, those ultrasound waves are picked up by the the transceiver worn by the other divers and played back with audible speech and integrated bone conducting bass speakers. Said the unit itself is watertight to depth of 180 feet, 55 meters, which should be plenty for recreational divers. They said the prototype is is being released at DEMA this week. So what's this link you sent, Mac?
0: I looking for a better picture
2: of
1: it also. Yeah. Oh, and that's the modem. Did I miss that one as well? Goodness, I'm just jumping all over. The modem? Yeah, you just talked about the modem. Yeah, this one is the Sea tooth modem. It's a through-water radio modem. It uses the RF technology to enable high data rate over short range. That's all neat stuff, but what I want is an
2: underwater GPS. Well,
1: there's that one that was announced, gosh, I think about the time we started the show three years ago. But
2: I haven't heard any more about it, and I haven't seen one that, you know, will work at that. That one they...
1: They don't say how much, do they? On this one they don't. They're doing the tests on it. How would you like to have that tank that they've got? 1.5 million liter indoor seawater tank is where they do their testing. They said that the underwater modem is, has applications 100 meters to 4,000 meters. Must be fairly low frequencies if they're getting that kind of range.
0: Well, 32 high hertz 1,000 is what they said, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it seems, that actually seems kind of high. for.
0: Oh, it is. It's ultrasound. Ultrasound, 3,000 hertz.
1: Huh. Wow, so they must be really cranking up the energy to get the distance. Very cool. I wonder if that, that kind of goes along. Remember we did that article a few weeks back on that underwater seaport for internet connection? Yeah. I wonder if this is the stuff that connects or links to it.
0: I'm just surprised I couldn't find any better shots, even though it was at the DEMA show for 2012. 2012. Well, the get picture you. looks interesting. I mean, it fits right there on your, your master app.
1: I mean, maybe they can cool. send
0: us one and you can test it out and give them all feedback on that,
1: you know? Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, maybe that's what I need to do. Bug these guys and send us one. Okay, well I think we've 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 killed the news for this week. Next week hopefully we'll be able to get some post dema coverage, see if there's anything new that's come out of the, the show. And then anybody
0: we know went?
1: You know, I don't know anybody who went personally. I mean I know of people just from the industry, but I don't you know, none of my friends or contacts uh about the only one I think is uh Darcy from up in Quebec. He went, but he goes every year. Uh, Rich didn't go this year. I think it's the first year in a, quite a few that he didn't bother going.
0: Well, Bob's down south, so he didn't go.
1: Yeah, last year he sent one of his guys, but his guys have moved on to another shop now.
0: All right.
1: Um, yeah. So I'm not I'm not aware of anybody who who's going to Dima this year. But and and from what I understand is they didn't expect anything new. All the press releases have been done long before before now, so it's it should, there shouldn't be any surprises. And I did see. Oh, just about the time that we're recording this, a couple of the, the bloggers out there have been posting a bunch of articles on what they're seeing, but nothing. I think uh, like Atomic has a really light regulator. It's a normal-sized regulator, but it's very light, as opposed to some of them which are the smaller format. Uh, there was something on some sort of gear that was marked you could use to identify uh, wet suits and dry suits, some sort of marking system. So, so there'll be enough for us to cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would still like to go. I mean, any place you can go to talk about diving, it'd be great. And then I believe this weekend is the kickoff for the dive show season up here. There's one that uh, Rich from Divers sink and Divers Incorporated is is uh, going to have a booth at and as a sponsor. Uh, I, I'm ashamed to say I don't know what it is.
0: <clears throat>
1: so I don't think any of us got any diving in. Has anybody in the club been diving, Mac? Do you know?
0: I have not heard a words. This is a very unusual month.
1: It has been. Because normally we'd be getting a bunch of river dives in.
0: Yes. I do know we have the 24th lined up. I do expect to be there in the water. Yay!
1: That's great. With,
0: with my new dry suit.
1: You serious? Ah! You got a new dry suit? Yeah. What kind?
0: I'll show it to you when I'm there.
1: Oh, okay. Rub it in. Oh, man.
0: Hey, I got a good price on it, let me tell you.
1: Well, that's good. And it's not going to... You got one that's not going to hurt your neck?
0: It shouldn't. I got a... I went up to Sassas and got one.
1: Uh-huh.
0: They had uh, two left. One fit me perfect. Wow. Least way it looked perfect. and I, I haven't been underwater with it yet.
1: Yeah. Well, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Oh, excellent. Congratulations. I should... Not that you needed any excuse to get any more bottom time in, but you'll, you'll be able to do that. I, I'm still... I called Rich earlier today to to get some uh, some gear, but we got talking, and then he had to go uh, help another customer, so I haven't been able to get it. So I, I'm still short of fins, so I've got to get my fin replaced. I'm expecting to do that this weekend, so I should have a nice brand-new fin for diving. And then I think I'm going to do some surgery on my wetsuit this weekend.
0: You you need a transplant. You don't need
1: surgery. A transplant. <laughs>
0: I don't know how the hell you dove with that months ago, much less now. There was, there was no silk around the neck. I mean, you might as well go wet in your birthday suit. <laughs> Yeah. You're going to be freezing a lot apart to your body at 42 degrees even. Well, I,
1: I can tell you my ice dives are going to be symbolic this year. <laughs> They're going to be dropping in, getting the photo shot, and then running out. Because uh, I was pushing it last year. I could tell last year. And that was my, gosh, how many years I've been diving this wetsuit? Five years? You know then? that
0: different stuff that you put handles of your screwdriver <laughs> and stuff in to make them? You, you need to put that on first, your suit, and then we'll paint the rest of your body <laughs> With that, and that might work for a dive.
1: Might, maybe maybe one dive. Dave maybe in the chat room like, is saying I, it needs a trash can. <laughs> it's, it, it's 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 well broken in.
0: Yeah,
2: but I, this is on the it's broken. broken in. It's broken out and it's broken apart. <laughs>
0: You know, you ought to take pictures of that. People would have mercy on you and send you money for a new one, maybe.
1: You think so? Do we, do we need to go do a Kickstarter for replacement?
0: Okay. A donation? When you put it on around your neck and stuff, it is ugly.
1: <laughs>
0: it, it makes me hurt just to watch you get into the water. I know you're in a freeze.
1: <laughs> that must be why we never got on the air or that last dive we did. They just said, we can't do hobos diving. <sighs> Who did we just lose, Jim? Yeah, we did. Uh, did we? Oh, if we drop, then uh, we'll, we'll be back here in a second. We'll do a little bit of uh, just general housekeeping. Uh, thank everybody for listening. Everybody who came in the chat room had quite a few. We had Dive SC, uh, Jeff, Steve, Dive Mistress, God, Southern Hemisphere. You're just getting into your dive season, uh, Jim yep. and Dave. So if you're not in the chat room, you're missing out some some great time in there. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna change some some stuff up. We're gonna have some new segments and things going in the beginning of the year. Uh, Also, if uh, you have uh, if if you're in the dive industry or you do a lot of diving and you like to be on the program, let us know. Uh, We might be able to work out some segment programs. Our biggest challenge has been time zones. Anytime we get anybody in the show from another time zone, it seems that that ends up being such a challenge. But Visit our website at com. You can also catch us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash obsessed. Also, make sure you put your pin in the fan map. Go to scuba Obsessed about scuba, uh, fans, and click on that, and then put your pin in, and you'll be able to see all the divers in your area. And Jim is back. Got to love the Internet. I, I think the Internet's getting worse. Did that I'm less patient. Mm-hmm. So, do we have anything, well, since none of us got any diving in, do we have anything to promote? Anything coming up?
0: Yeah, Turkey Dive.
1: Turkey Dive. A week from, well, the it's Saturday, Saturday after Thanksgiving in the U.S. here.
0: Yep, Saturday the
1: 24th. I believe we're going to
0: be doing it at Vermont, down there at the boat launch. Excellent. Pending the water conditions and any kind of rain between now and then. And yep. uh, I, I think I put in the newsletter make sure you call us before you go to the dive to make sure we're where you think we are. Ah. But but I think it'd be best if we can get to Miramont because it's safer for everybody. Most of the guys here are familiar with it. And uh, I haven't found any rebar that would hurt me out there.
1: No, I haven't seen any rebar. I mean, I've seen a little bit of crushed concrete, but just a little bit.
0: And that's way downstream.
1: Are are we going to have any shore support this year?
0: I don't know. I did uh, get the ice shanty out, Mm -hmm. uh, put another coat of peanut butter on the top of it. Yeah. You know, sprayed that, because last year we're getting a little drippage.
1: Yeah. Well, I think so if we got... It's
0: like windbreak right now, but we could always put a tarp over it, I but think i did just spray some more.
1: If we have any shore support, there's some uh, scrap we could bring up. Well,
0: stuff. we talked about that. We need a place to store it until we can get rid of it.
1: Well, I've got 12 acres. Storing it's not a problem. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah, I'll bug Jim, too. I, I just talked to Jim this last week, and he has been doing, Jim Kleeman, been doing almost no-dive and working all of his butt off, so... Gonna have to make sure. I bet he comes out for the this November one. Gosh, just seems like uh the, the dive season got away. We never dove as much as we wanted to dive.
0: Never do, do we?
1: No, you never do. But this, this year didn't seem to connect. So that just this means I'm I'm gonna have to get that dry suit and we'll dive every every day or two this next year. But I'm just trying to I'm having a heck of a time saving up for Finn. My lost Finn. Getting money for that. This economy sucks. <laughs> So, but I got a few things in the work, and hopefully, we'll get something moving. And then we have our dive club meeting next Tuesday.
0: That is correct. We have uh, elections. So, everybody who's in the club, there seriously thinking about uh, volunteering for a position? We need some new and young blood.
1: We need young members. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about the blood. We just need to get some people in. So, if you're listening to the program, uh, join a dive club, or at least get to your dive shop. It's that time of year. Your dive shops love to see you come on in.
2: The more you support the shops, the more they'll support you. Yeah. Same with the club.
1: Yeah, I've been seeing a few shops this year going under. It's that time of year where people are calling it quits. So uh, we don't. If you don't want that to happen to your local shop, you need to get in there and support them. Also, uh, this is a time of year where you need to be building your future dive buddies. So if you had, if you couldn't go diving this year because you didn't have dive buddies, you need to start doing some recruiting. Okay. Well, I think we've delayed about as much as we can. Hey, I've got
2: one for the night if you want me to share it. Sure. You sure?
1: Sure. So you want to do it for the night? You want to do the...
2: I, I've, I've got one. I can I can try it.
1: Sure. Yeah,
2: well. If it, it doesn't work, you can always bleep it out and you know, <laughs> edit it. I mean,
1: I, I'm sure it'll be fine. It, well, it's a bad scuba joke after all.
2: A nun walks into the local dive bar, and all of a sudden, the bar goes quiet. Everybody stops and turns and looks at the nun. Because that's not a normal sight in the local dive bar. Well, the reason she stopped in was because she had to go to the bathroom. So she asked the bartender which way the bathroom is me points. everybody kind of goes back to doing their normal thing but it's just kind of very subdued with the nun in there. But she notices as she's headed to the bathroom. Every once in a while the siren will go off. Everybody starts cheering and clapping. You know, place gets rallied. So she makes her way into the restroom. Inside the restroom is a large statue of Neptune with a large shell strategically covering some areas of this naked Neptune. Well, The none does her business, comes back out, and actually leaves the restroom and starts heading back towards the door. Everybody stops and cheers and claps as soon as she gets out the door. People are offering to buy her drinks, come sit at our table, we're glad you're here. She can't believe the change from the time she walked in to the time she walks out. So she stops at the bar and says, what's going on? Why is everything so, and they get interrupted by the sound going off again. So she says, why is everyone so different? And I came in, it was as quiet as a church in here. Now that I'm leaving... Everybody wants to buy the drink. The bartender says, well, you notice that siren going off? Yes. Does it not? Well, every time somebody lifts Neptune's shell, the siren goes off. They now know you're one of us.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: There's one in every crowd.
1: Yeah. I think that qualifies. <laughs>
2: Bad,
1: bad. bad. So, on that one, until next week, go out there and get wet. And stay safe.
2: And remember, no shell-lifting nuns were harmed in making this show. Call recording has been completed.